Hello and welcome to the Kalamazoo Church of Christ podcast. Thank you so much for listening. We're a startup church we just planted in September 2020. And at the Kalamazoo Church, we believe that Christianity is done best when it is done together. And so if you live in the Kalamazoo area, we would love to connect. Be it coming to a Sunday service, one of our small groups, or even just grabbing coffee with a member to learn more. You can visit kalamazoo.church in order to do that. We pray that you are inspired by what you hear today. How are we doing today? <laughs> All right, so uh, yeah, as you guys have already heard, my name is Kyle Perkins. Um, me and my, my beautiful fiance, Maya, we lead the campus ministry in the Lansing Area Church of Christ. So we're, we're excited to be here with you guys. Um, I think Kalamazoo definitely has a special place in my heart, you know, I think about uh, me and Maya's relationship with the Sings. Uh, Jared and Bianca have had uh, such an influence on uh, my desire for church ministry, so I'm, I'm super grateful for them. Even as I think about my friendship with uh, Jared specifically as well, I know uh, he's just, yeah, he's just had such an influence on my discipleship and my growth and my Christian walk. I feel like without Jared, I'd just be more of a stale and, and boring individual. I don't know. I feel like he's kind of spiced up and flavored my discipleship and loosened me up a little bit. So I'm super grateful for Jaren. Um, but we're going to hop in the lesson here. Let me grab my uh, clicker. <laughs> so the, the title that I have for us today, if you guys are writing down the title on your notes, is our, our commitment as Christians. And I want to talk a little bit about commitment. You know, if you think about some life commitments. Maybe you think about um, a job uh, or a, a sports team that you're a part of. You know, there are expectations or responsibilities that have to be met with, with any life commitment that you make, right? I think about my relationship to Maya as well. You know, we're getting married pretty soon, and there's a, a commitment that, that we're making, right? So just even thinking about uh, the, 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 the new role that we're going to be playing in our, our marital relationship and thinking about new expectations with that, but, you know, as I, as I think about, you know, just, just what a commitment is, if someone is to, to evaluate the seriousness of our commitment, they'd have to evaluate our actions, right? Evaluate how dedicated we are to the commitment that we've made. And I just think about it similarly to us as Christians, right? You know, we have made a big commitment when we made Jesus Lord of our lives. Yeah, yeah, amen, amen. And I think it's important for us to evaluate, man, whether our actions are showing that we are true committed Christians of God. Um, we're going to be looking in the, the book of Hebrews today, and I want us to turn over to this, this first passage here. We're going to be in Hebrews uh, chapter 10, verse uh, 32. And just to give you a little background, so the author of Hebrews is unknown. We don't know who wrote the book of Hebrews. There's a lot of speculation about who wrote it, but um, in, in this specific passage that we're about to read, we kind of see the author trying to call back the audience to, um, to the commitment that they made when they became Christians. And, okay. and here in, in Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 32, it says, <clears throat> But recall the former days when after you were enlightened, you endured a hard struggle with sufferings, sometimes being publicly exposed to reproach and affliction, and sometimes being partners with those so treated. 
For you had compassion on those in prison, and you joyfully accepted the plundering of your property since you knew that you yourselves had a better position, p- possession and an abiding one. Therefore, do not throw away your confidence, which has a great reward. For you have need of endurance, so that when you have done the will of God, you may receive what is promised. <laughs> yeah, it's a little, it's a different version. Sorry if you guys have a different version here. But um, yeah, so we see here the author, it seems that the audience here is, is experiencing some kind of persecution, some kind of struggle or hardship or negative influence that, that is coming down on their faith. And the author, he, the author here, he's reminding them of the, the commitment that they originally made and the struggle that they've experienced in the beginning of their Christianity. And he's trying to get them to remember, okay, just hold on, persevere at this time. Remember the commitment you made when you became a Christian. So we're, we're going to be looking throughout this, this book here in Hebrews. And I think there are different themes that, that I want us to kind of uh, to look at here as we think about our Christian walk and think about as, man, if we want to survive spiritually uh, in our lives as Christians, what, what things we have to be paying attention to. You know, one of, one of the things that, that, ad- that is addressed in this book is lordship. Um, you know, it, the author tells the audience that, that it's necessary uh, for us to think about, man, whether Jesus is still living Lord over our lives. And I think it's important for us to think about, man, if there are any idols that might be uh, pushing Jesus off the pedestal and, and being placed on the pedestal um, in front of us. You know, the author also notes the need for uh, persistent spiritual fellowship. You know, I think about how a Christian's journey, it's, it's not individual, right? It's, it's a communal walk. We need other people with us in the faith. We need God-fearing individuals who are with us in the easy times and the hard times of life. And then even towards the end of this book in Hebrews, the author also talks a little bit about staying faithful to the mission. You know, we got to be thinking about who we are intentionally loving or who we are intentionally showing Jesus to on a consistent basis. And, you know, we see that, that man, evangelism and the mission was important back then, but it's important now as well. Amen. Amen. So uh, as we look at these themes, you know, we're going we're gonna to consider, man, what, what's our calling as it relates to being committed Christians of God? And the first point that I have here is Jesus superior to all. Amen. So let's turn over to uh, Hebrews chapter 1. We're going to start right at the beginning here. Uh, we'll be in verse 1. And it says here in, in verse 1, Long ago, at many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by prophets. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his Son, whom he appointed as the heir of all things, through whom also he created the world. He is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature. And he upholds uh, the universe by the word of his power. After making purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high, having become as much superior to angels as the name he has inherited is more excellent than theirs. Okay, so right here in the beginning, we see the author uh, trying to make this point that, man, Jesus is preeminent. He is superior to all things. It says here that he's even superior to the angels. Um, and and the, the author continues to, throughout the book, talk about why 
Jesus is superior to all things. He talks about Jesus being uh, the ultimate messenger of God, the ultimate high priest, the ultimate covenant, the ultimate sacrifice. And I was thinking about, man, you know, if Jesus is superior to all things, then this should be clear in the way we treat him over the other aspects in our lives. You know, is there anything that is competing with Jesus in our lives? Is Jesus superior over everything else? And I think if we were to, to ask ourselves that question, you know, maybe, maybe the answer to that question could be seen in where we spend most of our free time or our personal time. You know, when we spend enough time being invested in, in, in something or someone, our thoughts can become filled with that, that individual or that subject that we're being drawn to. And we can be driven by those feelings or thoughts. You know, guys, if there's, if there's anything that, that we consistently look to for, for comfort or security, but it isn't Jesus, or maybe it isn't Jesus approved, it could possibly be an idol in our lives. I was thinking about this illustration here, um, the relationship between a shepherd and sheep. And if you know anything about the relationship between them, you'd know that, that sheep know the voice of the shepherd very well. Um, and I have a video here just to kind of show you what that looks like because the sheep know, know the voice of the shepherd well and they, they won't listen to anyone else but the shepherd. Okay, so let's watch this video. So, you know, I, I have that video because I think about, man, the relationship between the shepherd and the sheep. And I, I feel like that kind of relates to, it should relate to our relationship with Jesus, right? Yeah. Man, it's important that, that Jesus' voice is heard over all the other voices that we're hearing in the world around us. You know, I, I was thinking about this next passage here in, in Hebrews chapter 5. Let's turn over there in uh, verse 11. Hebrews 5, verse 11, it says, About this we have much to say, and it is hard to explain since you have become dull of hearing. For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the basic principles of the oracles of God. You need milk, not solid food. For everyone who lives on milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness, since he is a child. But solid food is for the mature, for those who have their powers of discernment trained by constant practice to distinguish good from evil. So, you know, we see here the author, he's, he's reminding the man, it seems that, again, that there's something influencing um, the, the audience here in such a way where they be, they've become dull of hearing. They've been having a difficult time being able to distinguish good from evil. And, you know, I think it's important that, man, we have to uh, compare and contrast what, what the Bible says to what the world is saying around us. You know, even with some of these things, I think maybe we might need to consider how to rearrange or remove things from our personal schedules to make sure that, that we're making maybe things in our life uh, that, that are being a priority over Jesus less of a priority. And making other things a priority in order to honor Jesus. 
You know, our commitment to Jesus as our Lord is important, but our commitment to one another in him is also important. And the next point I have here is walk together in Jesus. Let's, uh, let's turn over to uh, Hebrews 3, uh, verse, verse 12. And I think most of us are pretty familiar with this passage. I feel like maybe uh, most of us have this, this passage memorized. Uh, in Hebrews 3, verse, verse 12, it says, uh, Take care, brothers, lest there be in any of you an unbelieving, sorry, an evil, unbelieving heart, leading you to fall away from the living God. But exhort one another every day, as long as it is called today, that none of you may be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. For we have come to share in Christ, if indeed we hold our original confidence firm to the end. You know, I love uh, in verse 13, it talks about um, exhorting one another. You know, this word exhort, you know, it means to, to strongly encourage and I think it's important that, that we have strong encouragement through the thick or the thin of life. You know, the presence of a, of a fellow friend in the faith keeps us uh, from unbelief, and it, and it challenges us to rest in God as opposed to other things in this world. I'm sure uh, probably probably half, in the, half the group knows about this, but earlier this year, um, in August, my mother passed away. And, uh, you know, looking back, I just, I remember thinking like, man, I wouldn't have been able to get through that experience without um, the presence of my brothers and sisters around me. You know, I, I remember being in the hospital room uh, during the, the last week of my mother's life. And, you know, there's a policy that, that you can only have uh, two people at a time. In, in a hospital room. But there were so many people that came to visit my mother and, and me and my family, and so many people were flooding the hallways. People were, uh, you know, pushing into the hospital room uh, to love my mom and to support us. And nurses, nurses and, and nursing staff had to come over and say, hey, you need to, you need to come out of the, the hospital room. You need to get out of the hallway and go in the waiting room. There's too many people over here. <laughs> um, but it was so encouraging to have that presence. And I, I remember struggling to just to feel angry towards God during this time. You know, it was, it was hard for me going through that experience, but I think the presence of other brothers and sisters in my life helped me to remember that I was not alone in my suffering, that they, they, they reminded me that God is always good, even if it feels like the, the situation isn't right right now, that somehow God is, is working through this and God is, has a bigger plan. So, so it's important that we are in each other's lives, not, not only in hard circumstances, but, but in any circumstance. You know, who, who are some friends in the faith that exhort you in times that are, that are bad, but that are also good? It's important for us to evaluate our friend group and our circles in the spiritual walk. In Hebrews 10... Verse 20, 23, let's turn over there. It says in Hebrews 10, verse 23, Let us hold fast the confession of our faith without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. 
And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good deeds, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encourage one another, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. So, man, it says that we must continue to encourage one another. You know, we shouldn't have to wait for the most difficult moments in life to cause us to come together. You know, we have to keep making an effort to be involved in each other's lives. Recently, um, the, the Lansing Church, we just started doing house churches. And, uh, you know, I think, and I think our house church groups have been so helpful. We stopped doing it because of COVID for a while. Uh, but we just started again. And Maya and I, Maya and I we, we've, we started going to some of our house church meetings. And we have a small group. But it's, it's, man, it's so cool just to kind of see the diversity of our house church. You know, we have people from different ministries within the church as a whole to come together and to have discussion about the Bible, to, to share perspectives on different things. And I, I love the diversity of it. You know, I think house churches are an opportunity for, for different ministries to intermingle to help the church to become more solid. And even as I think about you guys, the, the Kalamazoo Church, you know, you guys are a small church, but I know you guys are diverse. You know, you guys have opposing minds and perspectives that, that could possibly cause conflict at times. <laughs> but I think as, as time progresses, when you guys are con- continuing to be in it together, People can recognize needs and they can use their strengths and weaknesses to help create a healthy group and environment under Jesus. And, you know, when we effectively or intentionally use our diversity for God, I feel like it it builds such an awesome presence even for for people that are visiting our our church meetings or our our, our midweeks or our devotionals. You know, I I just share these things because I think Our commitment to our church body is so vital to helping us stay faithful. I'm going to get to our third point here. Our third point is representatives of Jesus. And we're going to move towards the end of Hebrews here. We're going to be in Hebrews chapter 13. Uh, We'll we'll start in verse 7. We're going to jump around a little bit here. But in Hebrews 13, verse 7, it says, Remember your leaders, those who spoke to you the word of God. Consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. Let's jump down to uh, 14. It says, For here we have no lasting city, but we seek the city that is to come. Through him, then, let us continually Offer up a sacrifice of praise to God, that is, the fruit of lips that acknowledge his name. Do not neglect to do good and to share what you have, for such sacrifices are pleasing to God. Let's jump down to verse 20. It says, Now, may the God of peace, who brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, by the blood of the eternal covenant, equip you with everything good that you may do his will, working in us that which is pleasing in his sight, through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen. You know, the author here, he reminds this group of Christians that, that, they, that they cannot give up. 
I love, I love in verse 14 how it says, you know, here we have no lasting city, but we seek the city that, that is to come. And when I think about, man, seeking out the city that is to come, the kingdom of God or, or heaven, I'm trying to think about everything I'm doing before I get there. You know, I want God to be proud of what I do before I die and I see him in heaven. And, you know, I think a part of that is thinking about who I am bringing with me to heaven. So as we seek the city that is to come, who are we looking to bring with us there? A few weeks ago, I was talking to my dad over the phone. And uh, as we were talking on the phone, I heard some voices in the background. Um, and I, I asked him, I said, oh, dad, do you have uh, people over at the house? And, and he said, yeah, you know, I have some, uh, some young professionals or a young, young group of people around the age of 30 uh, he came, that came over to the house and they had like a, an 80s theme party or something like that. And I think it was like 30 people or something. Um, and I was like, oh, that's so cool. You know, that's, that's, that's awesome. And, you know, I was just thinking about how my dad recently, even though he has lost my mom, he's, he's lost his wife, you know, that's, that's been so hard, but he's, he's still been trying to think about different ways to, to, to share his home or his resources with other people. Even, even a month before that, he was walking around the neighborhood with another Christian. They were knocking on people's doors, and he was inviting them to a, a chili cook-off at his house. You know, I think they had like 30-plus people at his home. And he was looking for opportunities just to share his faith, to, to get people to come to his home and to see if they want to study the Bible or to come out to church. And I thought that was awesome. Like, man, my dad is fighting through hardship right now, but he's still trying to figure out how he can share his faith. Man, how can we use our homes or plan events to impact people spiritually in the community? You know, what, what tools are we using to get people interested in, in studying the Bible? You know, I think about us using opportunities to share our testimonies with people. You know, sitting down to have coffee with someone to share your story about how God impacted your life. I know me and Maya, we, we've been using a, um, a booklet series as well with, with the Lansing Area Church of Christ. And, um, you know, when I first came to Lansing, this was something that Joel, uh, you know, kind of uh, solicited. He wanted us to use this Go With God booklet. And it was a little different for me, like as I use it to study the Bible with people. But the booklet helps people to, to take some time to go home, to, to answer some questions about their own walk and to, to evaluate scripture and then come back together and have discussion. And, and it's worked. I mean, me and Maya have baptized a few people on, on campuses. But, you know, I'm just, I'm just sharing this because I want us to think about how we can convict people's hearts. We've got to use different tools, different, different things to, to help us think about how we can convict people's hearts about Jesus. We have to continue to reinvent ourselves if we want to bring as many people as possible to heaven. In Hebrews 11, we have uh, some amazing examples in the Bible who lived out their faith to the fullest. And I want us to take some time to read through this whole chapter. This is going to be the last passage we're going to read uh, for today. It's, it's in Hebrews 11. We're going to start in verse 32. Um, but I want to encourage you, if you ever have time to read through this whole chapter, please do so because it's so cool to see all the different examples uh, of people that are truly living out their faith. Um, you know, it, the author kind of gives different examples. He talks about, he says, by faith, 
so-and-so did this. By faith, so-and-so did that. And as we continue down in, in, in Hebrews 11, verse 32, the author starts here and he says, And what more shall I say? For time would fail me to tell of Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, of David and Samuel, and the prophets, who through faith conquered kingdoms, enforced justice, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the power of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, were made strong out of weakness, became mighty in war, put foreign armies to flight. Women received back their dead by resurrection. Some were tortured, refusing to accept release so that they might rise again to a better life. Others suffered mocking and flogging and even chains and imprisonment. They were stoned. They were sawn in two. They were killed with a sword. They went about in skins of sheep and goats, destitute, afflicted, mistreated, of whom the world was not worthy, wandering about in deserts and mountains and in dens and caves of the earth. And all these, though commended through their faith, did not receive what was promised, since God had provided something better for us, that apart from us they should not be made perfect. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight, and sin which clings so closely and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us looking to Jesus the founder and perfecter of our faith who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross despising the shame and seated at the right hand of the throne of God you know I don't think we could ever fully experience some of these these situations that the characters in the Old Testament went through However, I think the point of this chapter being here was to inspire this audience to be faithful and committed to God no matter what the circumstance was. You know, I want us to be imitators of faith on the mission field like the example seen here in the Hall of Faith in Hebrews chapter 11. And as we close out here, guys, I just, you know, I want us to think, man, our commitment to God as Christians is proven by the evidence of our lives. If we want to be committed to God, let our lives reflect that in the way we make Jesus superior, in the way we walk together in Jesus, in the way we act as representatives of Jesus. Amen? Amen. 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 Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to the Kalamazoo Church of Christ podcast. If you're in the Kalamazoo area, we'd love to get connected. Please go to kalamazoo.church and fill in your information to come to a Sunday service or any other event that we have going on. In any case, you'll be hearing from us next week. Saving souls.